What's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And what's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And this is Bitches and Murders. Hey. Yay, we finally made an intro. We made an intro. I mean, it worked yeah. fine when we were sitting in the same room and we could say it at the same time. Um, yeah, you need however, that like, eye contact. Yeah, with internet lag and not being able to see you, it just does not work. <laughs> well, because, yeah, because I wait for you to say something, but then in the delay of waiting for you to say something, <laughs> it's like I realize that you're already, like, into it because it, like, delays. Yeah. It's rough. It's so bad. <laughs> Anyways. Anywho, um, I don't think I have any housekeeping. Do you? Um, I'm not going to lie. I can't really think of anything. I don't mm. think so. I think I covered, because I did that, like, beginning of the year update thing. So, like, I feel like that kind of covered the majority of, oh, I guess I do. I do have a housekeeping thing. Um, in the update, um, I talked about a local case to me about a boy who went missing. Um, unfortunately that case is, well, fortunately it is solved now. Um, but unfortunately they ended up finding his body, um, stuck under some trees down the river. Um, it was just one of those situations that it was like in a really dangerous place with like a lot of currents and branches and stuff like that. So that, you know, it, it just took them a while to find him. So mm-hmm. all the love to his family. I'm really sorry they're going through this, but I'm really glad that there's closure to it. So anyways, I figured I should probably recap what happened with that. But anyways, let's get into it. That's all I have. Okay. Um, that reminded me, I also have a local case. Um, so right now from Orlando, we have Paola Miranda, uh, missing. She is a 31 year old woman who was last seen December 18th of 2021. Um, her last known location was the Waika Springs State Park. Um, there's a video that some hikers took of her kind of wading into, um, the river and that's kind of the last people who ever saw her. Um, she's about 4'10", 145 pounds with brown hair that has dyed like violet and red streaks in it. Um, so if anybody has any information or anything or if you're the hikers and you're hearing this, I know police were still trying to identify you um, and kind of ask some more questions about the last time you saw Paola and like the circumstances of taking that video. Um, So anybody who has information, there's the um, Oskela County Sheriff's Office who can be reached at 407-348-2222. The private investigator who is also looking into this case, uh, their number is 321-210-2121. And there's also a tip line, which is 866-660-4025. I'm going to gather a little bit more information and kind of make that its own episode just to get a little bit more information out there, Um, but just to kind of do my due diligence and at least put something out there. um, That is all the information I have at the moment. I am. I really hope it doesn't end up, hopefully she's just like safe and sound and maybe got lost. Let's get into the case that we are covering today. 
Um, Morgan, I picked this just for you. Uh, simply because of the moniker that they became known as, because I know you're going to love it. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Today, we are talking about the trash bag killer. Why did I take a drink as you were saying that? It was like the <laughs> stupidest thing. I'm like, I know it's going to be something to make me laugh. Why did I take a drink? thirsty. <laughs> I, I hate how much I love that. The only thing that would make me love it more is if he was the trash man killer. I know. I accept. I accept it was it. so I like close. It. I like it. All right. So the trash bag killer, uh, his real name is Patrick Kearney. Uh, he was born September 24th in Los Angeles, California, and he is the eldest of three. Um, as a child, he was pretty skinny, pretty sickly looking, which got him bullied a lot. Uh, and we all know how well that goes. Yeah, uh, I, I've learned that uh, people usually handle that really well. Uh, yeah. Especially. Yeah. Um, so our, our strike two in this little uh, early life of his is that when he was 13, his father started teaching him how to slaughter pigs. Um, by shooting them in the back of the head. Um, and this would later turn into him slaughtering pigs on his own, even if they weren't really due to be slaughtered, and then rolling around in their blood in their intestines. Okay, I have multiple, multiple stopping points here. <laughs> First of all, back that up a little bit. Um, I feel like I feel like that's not a singular thing. I feel like we've talked about that before. <laughs> Like serial killers specifically, like right, like growing up on farms and like learning how to butcher mm -hmm. or stuff like that. I feel like that's come up before, but maybe I'm just thinking of No Country for Old Men. But I, I feel like that's come up in the real world. I mean, that's that serial killer cocktail that we keep talking about of like emotional trauma By plus animal abuse, and it's just it's a it's a cocktail that we need to stop making. Uh, and then. Also, another point, uh, I would be so mad if I was his family. If you're just, like, killing animals, like, okay, you know, I'm not into <laughs> slaughtering pigs as a whole. Let me just get into that. But, uh, like, can you imagine, like, they raise them very specifically. They go to market at specific times. They're looking for specific weights to, like, get the most money out of it. So, if, like, you're just killing them indiscriminately, you're, like, throwing away a shit ton of money for no yeah. reason. And I would be oh. furious if I was his family. <laughs> like, excuse me? Yeah, and, absolutely. And also, you can sell the blood, too. So, like, you're just rolling around in it. You're just throwing <laughs> money out the window. Yeah. Anyway, so we're mad about the money thing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, his family moved around a lot between California, Arizona, and Texas. And every school he went to, he was bullied relentlessly, and he actually admitted to having homicidal ideations around the age of 13. I get it. Puberty will do it to you. <laughs> I get it. I just, you know... Mm. See, ideations are okay. We haven't... <laughs> it's crossing the line that's the problem. That That's when it's not relatable. So here's We've my all thing. had ideations. Here's my thing. If you're a parent and your child is being relentlessly bullied 
and they are 13, so their brain is not developed yet, and they're already having homicidal ideation. So let's maybe not teach them how to slaughter things. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know where the slaughtering was. The slaughtering before this, or at? Because also, I could see like if he grew, like learned how to slaughter pigs already, and then like people are mean to him. Like he already has that in his brain. No, it's when like he a was template. You know what I mean? Like that violence. Like it's already there for him. Yeah, um... it's like no wonder he would have homicidal ideations. Like he's watching animals get slaughtered all the time. Like of course, when something pisses him off, like his reflex is gonna be to want to kill it. Yeah. Uh, So according to his accounts, his dad started teaching him how to slaughter when he was 13. Oh, yeah. So like, it's just like close overlap. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised those two things got connected. Strangely enough. Uh, So after high school, he joined the Air Force, uh, where he met David Hill, who was a married man uh, that Kearney began having an affair with. Why is it always the the men who are like showing signs of being psychotic as children that go and join the army and then people wonder why i don't like the army uh he joined the air force okay i mean the military as a as a blanket legal and sanctioned violence slash murder no offense to anybody in the military but that's a very bastardized description of what you do i mean (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's like that's what you're trained to do. There's a whole reason they train you to use guns, yeah, uh, and to like survive in the wilderness and like make you work out a bunch and get super strong. It's it's not because you're going to be pushing. Pe- well, a lot of people do end up pushing pencils, but that's not what you're trained. That's not yeah. the purpose of your job. Yeah. So, uh, him and well, he got honorably discharged from the military, uh, which is surprising, and. <laughs> Him and David Hill moved back to California together with their little Aww, gay relationship. Um, and this man still has a whole ass wife. Yeah, I was by just the about way. to ask, like, did he get divorced? Or no, not just wife. No, <laughs> no. Um, so Hill and Kearney argued a lot. Uh, and to blow off steam, Kearney would, you know, go for a drive. And now we talk about murders. Oh, wow. We said we got mm. right into it. Yeah. I appreciate those days, honestly. <laughs> so the the first body was found in February of 1973 along uh, Interstate 8. Uh, and then again in October of 74, police found the remains of Ronald Smith, who was a five-year-old who had disappeared from a playground in August. Uh, and then August 13th of 1975, the naked body of Albert Riviera was found along State Route 74. All of the bodies had bullets in their heads that entered at the back of the skull behind the ear. Sound familiar? It sounds like the, literally sounds like No Country for Old Men. But like the the, the gun thing he uses for the, um, what are those called? Like a pneumatic gun or whatever that they use to kill cattle. But that's like how you kill it. You put it like right up against their head. Yeah. Um, so for the next two years, bodies would keep being discovered along the highway of Southern California. Um, some of them were drained of blood. Some of them were mutilated. All of them had the same theme, evidence of postmortem sexual assault, disposed of in trash bags, sealed with tape, and a bullet hole to the back of the head right behind the ear. 
so this earned the killer the moniker trash bag killer and freeway killer. I I hate a lot of that. Yeah. I think the only thing I don't hate is that at least he like killed them first. Mm-hmm. And then did things, but that's a very small credit. It was very yeah. tiny. Because they still had to go through a lot of terror, like getting kidnapped. Having yeah. someone approach them with a gun. Like, bleh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about his MO a little bit later because we gain a lot of that from his confession. Um, right now, we're just going to kind of speed through some things because it doesn't get interesting until later. I mean, not that I didn't mean that, but like, you know what I, I mean? Knew, I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Like, this um, is just kind of detailing the murders just so we understand them in context for later. Yes. Uh, so in March of 1977, the body parts of John LeMay, who we'll talk about a little bit more in depth in a minute, um, were discovered in five different trash bags. Uh, and because his body was found relatively quickly and was identifiable via birthmarks, um, police were kind of able to gather clues from this, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but these clues kind of are like carpet fibers, dog hair stuck to the tape. Um, and a pubic hair not belonging to John. Uh, and then we do have a list of known victims. And I put emphasis on known because <laughs> we'll talk about unknown victims later because I went down a fucking rabbit hole. Yeah, and it's always like with someone who's like that too, who kills like with big periods of time and who is traveling consistently to like dump bodies. It's not easy to assume that there may be ones that are missed especially because like a lot of times the first couple of kills will be different so it's like yeah he dumped all these bodies on the side of the road but like what if he killed other ones earlier and dumped them somewhere else and they're just not found but anyways anyways anyway i'm sure we'll um, get into that (laughs) yeah so his known victims are john demichek uh who was 13 James Barwick, who was 17, uh, Ronald Dean Smith Jr., who was 5, Albert Riviera, who was 21, Larry Jean Walters, who was 20, uh, Kenneth Eugene Buchanan, who was 17, Oliver Peter Molitor, who was 13, and then obviously John LeMay. I hate all of that. Yeah, it's a pretty I- wide age range, too, which makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it's weird to go from, like, a five-year-old to, like, a 21-year-old. Because mm-hmm. most people who show pedophilic interests, like, per- like prefer the pedophilic interests. You know what I mean? Like, they're not likely to sleep with a five-year-old and then regularly sleep with an adult. Right. Well, I guess, like, there are circumstances, because obviously there's pedophiles who have, like, wives and or husbands. Yeah. So... I guess that's not always the case. But, yeah, it just seems weird. I, I feel like it might just be even, like, convenient. Because, I mean, kids, most of the time, are going to be easier to overpower. Yeah, that's And true. then if you just find, you know, the older guys in the right circumstance or they just happen to be a little on the weaker side or something. Yeah. Um. So now we'll kind of circle back to John LeMay a little bit. So he was the one that actually got Kearney captured. Um, so friends of John told police that they had actually seen him spending time with two men, which they named Pat and Dave. Um, this tip led to David Hill and Patrick Kearney, obviously, 
and police interviewed them at their home, where the men willingly turned over carpet and hair samples from them as well as the dogs. Uh, the samples matched those found in the LeMay crime scene, and police got a warrant to search the house. Um, they found books and articles about sex slayings. Um, there was blood traces in the bathroom and on a hacksaw. Um, and the hacksaw also had microscopic pieces of human flesh on it. And at Kearney's work office, they found the same brand of trash bag used to dispose of the bodies. So, so this means they got arrested, idiot. right? You would, you would, is that not? Wrong. They disappeared before they could get arrested because thank you, fucking LAPD, you useless pieces of shit. <laughs> I didn't even think about the fact that this could be the LAPD. I know. <laughs> I don't know why that was like, I even knew like California just like really wasn't in my brain for some reason until you said that. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I just look LAPD. I need you to get your shit together. I can't wait till the day that we receive a cease and desist from the LAPD <laughs> if they're talking so much. Okay, but literally every true crime podcast talks so much shit about the LAPD. So, like, what Just are they going to do? Your jobs. Like, what are they going to do? Cease and desist all of us? <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, argue with facts that you're terribly <laughs> bad at catching criminals? <laughs> For real. So, um, instead of, you know searching for them, doing like a manhunt. Um, on July 1st of 1977, Hill, Hill and Kearney fucking walked into a sheriff's office in Riverside and turned themselves in. Interesting. Yeah. A um, weird route to take. Words are hard. Yeah. Um, do you want to get mad again? I always want to get mad again. It's one of those days. Hill was released and cleared of all charges because police found that he had not actually been involved in any of the murders. Okay, but was he, like, actually not involved or did they just do a bad job? But, like, he still knew. So, like, he's still an accomplice. Oh, yeah, because they, they named both of them. Yeah. So he had to at least be, like, even if he didn't participate in, like, the actual, like, killing and stuff, like, he had to at least be cognizant of it. Right? Right? Yeah, what the... So bad job is the answer. Bad job. They did a bad job. Yup. So, Kearney was cooperative with police at first, and he admitted to a total of 35 murders. Um, Police were able to find evidence of 21 of the 35. Um, So because he was cooperative, the death penalty was dropped. Fuck you. Um, and he ended up being charged with 21 counts of murder, which he pled guilty to and was sentenced to 21 consecutive life sentences. I have multiple points. First of all, 35 is a lot, but I don't blame them for not being able to find all of them, too. Because, yeah. like, obviously bodies decay, evidence gets lost, you know, mud happens, life happens, weather happens. But 21 out of 35 is still like a good ratio because I feel like a lot of times 
like the serial killers will be like i killed 40 people but then they only find evidence of like three yeah and you're like okay but like did you did you really because you were a little sloppy with these three so why would you have been a mastermind with the other 37 right where you're like at least with this one it's well i mean i'd prefer obviously if he didn't kill all those people and that was just a fake number but i mean at least yeah. he meant it i guess well and they've only been able to like identify a handful of the bodies which is also really sad because they like like i said they found evidence of 21 but they haven't been able to identify all 21 bodies so that's kind of sad um oh, it's really sad yeah so there's like a lot of families out there that don't have closure i hate that yeah. i hate that a lot yeah oh. um so because he was cooperative um part of his confession was that they got a more in-depth mo from him um so obviously he specifically targeted men and uh, um more specifically men that responded to his advances um so he referred to himself as a gay pickup artist mm, which that's, is gross that is that is not very lgbt of you <laughs> um he would often find his victims walking alongside the highway or at gay bars and once they were in the car with him, he would, without warning, shoot them in the temple right above the ear. Um, he said he would keep the pistol in his right hand while driving with his left. Um, and after they had been shot, he would continue to drive to a deserted location. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, first of all, I understand, like, the 20 and the 21-year-old being at, like, a gay club. Like, depending on the club, maybe even the 17-year-old. But, like, why are these literal children, like, 13-year-olds, 5-year-olds? Like, where did he find that 5-year-old? That 5-year-old was not walking down the side of the highway. Yeah. Like, I how yeah. many 13-year-olds have you ever seen? I mean, to be fair, I was not around in the 70s. And I know the 70s were a different time. So, if I'm wrong, someone please correct me. I, I will not be upset. Um, but I feel like even back then, there was not that many small children of 13 years old just walking down the side of, like, highways and major roads. I mean... Like, maybe... But I know, like, a lot yeah. of kids would go out and play, but a lot of kids would go out and play, like, in their neighborhoods or in their suburbs. Like, not the side of a highway. Like, most parents draw the line at highways, I feel like. I... So I... Oh, Maybe that's different. So. Agree with you. But then I remember that Charles Manson's mom took him to a bar and traded him for a pitcher of beer. So yeah, that's, fair. that's fair. Maybe it was just like the dad or the older brother that was like at the gay bar and he just like had the kid with him and it was like, oh, two for one. That's fair. I feel like I, I feel like he's weirdly nice for a serial killer. Like, it's, it's weird to me, like, you're gonna whole ass go out and, like, kill someone, and then you're gonna uh, do weird sex stuff to them, and you're gonna cut them up, and you're doing the whole goddamn thing, and then the first thing you do is, like, you're really nice to them, uh, so they're not scared of you at all, and then you just kill them immediately when they don't expect it, like, don't see it coming. Yeah. And, like, probably have, like, almost no chance to be scared. I mean, the five-year-old... Like, it just feels weirdly nice. The five-year-old was also found, like, early on in his career, for lack of a better descriptor. 
So maybe it was just that like he tried that at first and then was like, nah, kids don't do it for me. And then like kind of moved up the age bracket. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely also, see that. Completely unrelated note, but palate cleanser, I guess. Um, I just heard my roommate come home and she usually doesn't get off work and home until like seven. So I'm wondering if she rage quit her job. Ooh. Cause she's I definitely been talking it. about it. Um and she works at that really shitty clinic that I worked at before. Oh, with so like I the real toxic manager. Uh so there's a palate cleanser for you. I wonder if she rage quit. <laughs> I mean, I did uh, the same thing the other day. I rage quit my job. They were like, bro. we need to have a talk on Friday. And I was like, no, we don't. <laughs> I emailed them my resignation. <laughs> uh, anyway, back on track. Um, so, yeah, he would keep driving after he shot them. Um, and then once at the location, he would sexually assault their bodies, dismember them with a hacksaw, and then dispose of the pieces and trash bags scattered around in various places. Um, and sometimes he would drain the body of blood and clean them to kind of delay discovery. Yeah, I feel like that also makes it a lot harder to identify victims. It's like yeah. if only parts of them are making it into bags. So it's like you might just find a, you know, a bag that doesn't really have that much, I don't want to say good stuff in it, but like stuff you can use, like to identify someone. Like it's hard to identify someone from like their legs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And then he did have a couple of like random ones where he didn't really follow his MO. He was just kind of experimenting for lack of a better descriptor. I feel like that's um, pretty common. So he did admit that occasionally he would beat the bodies post-mortem and he said uh, that, quote, it was purifying and as a good way to release pent-up anger and bitterness. Just buy a punching bag. Right. Just they go to kickboxing classes. Like, like get a speed bag. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hate that. Uh, and then with one of his victims, he did do an amateur, like, autopsy, basically, uh, he admitted to opening up the stomach and examining the contents. Uh, and then with another victim, he skinned the body with an exacto knife. And with that one, he actually removed the bullet from the head before disposing of the body. Uh, I, uh, uh, mm. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. I have said that a lot, uh, but my brain just sometimes things try to go in. And they just hit a wall, a big old wall that says, I don't like that. And my brain just kicks it right back out. And that's what just happened. I'm going to pretend I never heard that. Your, your brain was like, how about no? How about no? Immediately no. Um, Immediately no. So Kearney is still serving his 21 consecutive life sentences at the California State Prison. He is currently 82 years old. Um, may he never know a moment of peace. So, that's all I have on him. What um, I don't understand is, and maybe it's just me, but, like, I don't understand why people fight so hard to not get the death penalty. Like, realistically, for most people, they end up on death row for 20 to 30 years anyways. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, like, I don't want to, like, if I somehow got arrested for some crazy thing where, like, death penalty was on the table, which I can't imagine, like, I don't want to rot away in prison till I'm 80-something. 
like just sitting around waiting to die slowly and painfully and probably with very poor care. Like, I would rather them just, like, take me younger and healthy and, like, just stick a needle. It's like I said, it's not like you're going to die right away. Like, most people sit there for 20 or 30 years anyways. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. <sighs> so, welcome. So, now we're into the rabbit hole part of this. So, only seven of the victims were successfully identified they charged him for 21 he admitted to 35 uh so i <laughs> at like five o'clock in the morning combed through missing persons reports <laughs> you sound like me with terry rasmussen uh, okay and i found some that i think i think might fit um if anybody from the lapd is listening Maybe fucking look into this shit because clearly I have to do your job for you. And everything is worth a second look. Like, even if it doesn't pan out, what if it does pan out? Right. Uh, so my first one is John Cameron Lovering. He has been missing since November 25th of 1973. He is a 28-year-old white male who was relatively attractive. Um... And he was last seen in Roland Heights, California, and has never been found. Um, my next one is Christopher Martin King, who went missing on August 2nd of 1974. He is a 25-year-old white male who, again, was pretty attractive. Um, this one, it it's kind of iffy. So he was last seen by relatives um, around... Why did I put this in military time? The fuck? Why did I do this to myself? You probably read it in military time and didn't switch it over. Yeah. Because it was like 5 a.m. Yeah. Um, so he was last seen around 2 or 3 p.m. Uh, in the vicinity of like Route 10 um, in the San Bernardino area. He had a plan to cross the border t- into Mexico at like the at Tijuana, um, and then he was gonna go uh, from Tijuana to Guadalajara, and then he was gonna take a ferry to the mainland, and then was gonna go to like Mexico City, um, and was eventually gonna end up at the like Yucatan ruins. Um, Nobody actually knows if that ever, if he ever made it. Um, Because the last time he was seen, he was, like, en route to Tijuana, like, on a bus. Right. And he hasn't so he been heard from have, since. Right. So he might not have even made it out of California. So, like, maybe he made it to Mexico and he's just hiding out and hasn't talked to anybody. Well, they maybe he was Mexico, murdered. Like, the border would have record if he went into mexico even like back then and i'm sure the police looked at that i I guess i can't say that i can't say that i'm sure the police looked at that but that feels like a pretty simple thing to look at Um, especially like if it's like a recent case like obviously now it would be hard to look back at that because that was the 70s but like then it seems like it would have been pretty easy to be like have you seen this man well, right. Is his name registered? I mean, he obviously could have always used a fake name, but 
Well, and we have like a known itinerary of like where he was going to go and how he was going to get there. So you could go along that route and be like, hey, have you seen this man? Yeah, like that seems pretty simple. Like it sounds like he was taking like a like a regular trip. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you feel like you could have just gone to all the places on the list and asked if anyone had seen him. And if no one had seen him, then yeah, he probably didn't even make it out of California. Yeah. So I put him on the list because I was like, "Mm, did you make it to Mexico? But also like maybe you just ran away to Mexico and said fuck you to everybody. I don't know. And the the bus does make sense as well. Like that's another person who's kind of out on their own. Like it'd be pretty easy. Like, I mean, I would rather drive in a car than be on a bus. So like if someone offered me a ride and they seemed nice. Well, and like buses like that that are taking a long trip, like stop at rest stops or like stop at gas stations to like let everybody get off and go to the bathroom and get snacks. So like he was probably at a gas station or a rest stop and was like, hey, cute young man, like mm, flirty, flirty. What if I drive you? And the cute young man was like, bet. And then he was like, Ch-ch-poof. exactly. Exactly. So could I have been I- more eloquent with that? Yes. Am I going to? No. But yeah, no, I, I definitely, I feel like that belongs to be included. Right. Uh, so my next one is Daniel Gerald Hoffer, who has been missing since May 28th of 1975. Uh, he is a 19-year-old white male who, I, like, I looking at his picture, I don't think he's the cutest guy in the world, but like for the 70s, I could see how he would be attractive. Um. He was last seen on May 28th. I already said that. Uh, at his home in Los Angeles. Um, and foul play is suspected in his case. So, I feel like... But then I guess he could always be experimenting too. Because I feel like this guy like doesn't really have a lot of signs of foul play. Like He doesn't really like bust into people's houses and take them or anything. Yeah. Like, they just kind of peacefully get in his car. Unless Daniel was his attempt at a breaking and entering, and then he was like, "Mm, not for me. Right, like, this is not, this is not it. This is not it. It's hard, too, with fucking California specifically, and I had this problem with the Terry Rasmussen case as well, is that there are so many serial killers that have been active within California like, specifically to, like, Southern California, Dude. like, the areas we're talking about right now, and, like, L.A. That it's, Southern... like, it's so fucking hard to know sometimes. Yeah, Southern California in the 70s was a lawless fucking wasteland. Right, where you're like, okay, well, this makes sense within the parameters. Like, it could be my serial killer. And then I'm like, also, or... it could be, like, five other serial killers <laughs> I can think of right off the top of my head. <laughs> right, yeah. That was kind of my issue going through all the missing persons reports. I was like trying so hard to narrow it down to like a one specific demographic but even then that one specific demographic could be five other serial killers exactly that is exactly (laughs) what i'm saying though it might be worthwhile to look through i don't know if you did or not um the like john does in (gasps) california i didn't even think of the john does fuck because i did a little bit of both i've looked into both but yeah, you can definitely like look it up. Um, though I feel like for this one, like he did it kind of this, like very similarly. So I feel like they probably connected the ones that made sense. But like it'd be worth a second look, in my opinion. Yeah, because clearly <sighs> we know they miss things. 
Yeah, I guess I'll keep doing LAPD's job for them. <laughs> I feel like they just need to contract every true crime podcast. Like, just cut us a check every month because we're doing your job for you. That's what I was about to say. I was like, can <laughs> like, how do I get on payroll? Is there like an affiliate program? <laughs> like a freelance department right <laughs> um so my next one is gregory clark Hines, who has been missing since november 15th to 19th of 1976 um sources kind of differ regarding when his actual different disappearance was um but he was a 22 year old white male who was attractive like I said, sources kind of differ regarding when the actual date of his disappearance was. Um, he was officially reported missing December 14th of 76. And then his vehicle was located by LAPD on March 1st of 1977 and was towed away as abandoned before being released to the family. Did you say he uh, he officially went missing in 76 or 75? 76. Okay, gotcha. So like the when spring came the next year they found his car yeah so he was last seen somewhere between november 15th and 19th he was officially reported missing december 14th and then that's a long lag right like did he just not really have like a lot of friends and family i don't know because also that seems like it would make him a really easy target for just serial killers in general like if someone if no one is gonna notice you're missing for an entire month <laughs> yeah um and then my my last one that i found that i think kind of fits um is paul joseph fuchs i think is how i say that last name um he has been missing since december 12th of 1976 he is an 18 year old white male who is attractive he was last seen at a long beach nightclub with a man who witnesses said resembled um the serial killer randy Kraft, but if you've ever seen a picture of Randy Kraft and Patrick Kearney next to each other, they look very fucking similar. Yeah, see, this is the shit that I fucking hate. I hate <laughs> the 70s. I hate the 70s. Because I could see either being easy. Like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like eyewitnesses aren't that, you know what I mean? Like, it could be either or it could be someone totally different. Right. And like... <laughs> It's a nightclub, so, like, the lighting's not going to be super great. You're probably drunk or it's the 70s. You're high as a kite. So, right. like, I was your account's not going to be super accurate. And one tall, scrawny white man looks like every other tall, scrawny white man. And, like, yeah. literally, I will I will put it on the Instagram. If you put a picture of Randy Kraft and Patrick Kearney next to each other, they could literally be brothers. They look so fucking similar. You should. I want to see that. I'd be interested. Maybe we should look at Randy Kraft because I want to know like what he was doing. Like, is it that realistic for him to have even been there and like been oh. in the area? Don't you worry. He's on my list of people to do an episode on. <laughs> okay, I'll let you have that one. I'll make sure not to touch yeah. that one. Yeah. No touchy touchy. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's all I have. Um. Have fun combing through missing persons reports because I know you and you're about to fall through that rabbit hole just like I did. Oh, yeah. I'm hitting the the John Doe's immediately. uh, And then we can sprinkle in some missing persons right after that. Right. (laughs) Uh, So that is 
Patrick Kearney, aka the trash bag killer. You know I have to do it. Just one. Do it. Do it. I'm the it's trash one. man. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I got that off my chest. It feels. I feel. Bad. It's literally the whole reason I picked this. <laughs> oh, I'm really. St- I really try to banish it from my brain, but I'm really stuck on my exact knife thing. I'm still there. I'm so sorry. Oh. I mean, not really, but like a little bit. I think that's I think that's my uh, uh keep it spooky, but not. So <laughs> just uh, honestly, if you find yourself picking up an exacto knife, just put it down. You've already made a mistake. <laughs> just stop. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that your moniker is the trash bag killer, because we will roast you for it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, it clear, like, it clearly wasn't that bad of a disposal system. Just, but like, <laughs> here's the thing. Class? Like the '70s was pumping out some real like top-notch names for serial killers, which is a whole other thing that annoys me. But we're not going to unpack that right now. But you had like the Night Stalker, the Coed Killer, um. And the best you got was the trash bag. And you, you're, you're the trash bag. I don't understand. This is something I will never understand. But I don't understand why boomers specifically <laughs> will come in. And then they'll wonder why I don't want to listen to them. You're like, you are literally the generation that everyone was a serial killer. Literally, like, what though. What the fuck do you mean? I don't trust like, you with anything. Why would you I want your advice? <laughs> You were either a serial killer or you contributed to the creation of one. Either way, your opinion, not welcome in this house. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you name one Gen Z serial killer? No. No? No? Yeah. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Because we're all depressed and thinking about killing ourselves and not other people. Exactly. The younger millennials and the Gen Z, uh, that's that's why. Um, and the older millennials raised the younger millennials and Gen Z, so it's fine. Well, not yeah. the younger millennials, but the Gen Z. So that's why. That's it's why fine. we don't have serial killers. Yeah, we're all too busy thinking about ways to kill ourselves, not other people. So I, I do feel like there are a lot of... I'm, I'm going to play devil ad, devil's advocate with myself before someone comes at me in the comments because I'm already ready. Uh, there are a lot of school shooters in That's, our range. I will put yeah. that out there. Um, however, uh, school shooters are a lot easier to stop than serial killers, so yeah. I'm gonna still take it as a win. I'm gonna still count it as a plus. Yeah. So, yeah, I think well, we're moving in the right direction. At least we we're haven't moving away you know. from serial killing to a shooting mass shootings and then hopefully we'll just move away from it altogether yeah well you know step one destigmatize mental illness step two stop bullying people to the brink of murder honestly like honestly stop bullying people it's a two-step plan (laughs) abuse stop it stop 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 it (laughs) stop being a shitty person but, like, honestly, like, that would solve the vast amount of murders and suicide literally right there. 
like just stop being an asshole also a lot of addicts like a lot of people in recovery like just stop just stop abusing people and people wouldn't do bad things (laughs) oh my god Anyways, I'm off my soapbox. Yeah, <laughs> we went way off on a tangent. Uh, stay spooky, but not not so spooky that you deal with your internalized homophobia by murdering other gay people. Can it's we stop that? LGBT of you. Not very LGBT of you. But it's not very cash it? money. <laughs> so yeah, follow us on uh, all of the things. If there's a thing, we probably have it. Sure. And you can find all of those things on our Beacons page. Yes, we have conveniently put them all into one space so you don't have to go searching everywhere. We have done the searching for you. It is all in one convenient location, which is linked on all of our social media. And I don't have to try to remember every single social media that we have to rattle off to you at the end of every episode. For real, though. I was killing myself trying to remember all of the things. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. All the things. One place. <laughs> Way easier. So, uh, stay spooky. Stay spooky.